Welcome to A Table in the Corner, a podcast by me, Russell Wasserfall. As a writer, editor, photographer, and cookbook publisher, I've been working in the media space for over three decades. I've also run music venues and bars, owned a couple of restaurants, and eaten a lot of fabulous meals. Join me as I chat to the chefs, producers, and entrepreneurs who drive the food industry. Together, we'll dig deeper into our obsession with the business of eating. If you like the show, hitting follow really helps our numbers. You can also leave content ideas and comments on the Instagram page at A Table in the Corner. Today on A Table in the Corner, I'm talking to Sam Linsell, and Sam is amazingly has agreed to talk to me on her birthday. She's the busiest person in the food industry, I think, from my experience. And um, for those of you who don't know who, although I can't think of many who don't, um, Sam Linsell is the blogger, creator, energy behind Drizzle and Dip. And she has done incredible things with a blog that became a digital world. Um, Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's actually nice that it's my birthday. It means I don't have to work. <laughs> do you not work on your birthday? Because that surprises um, me. Um, I do, I'll do a little bit, but I don't have to do too much today. So I prefer to try and take it off. Okay. Um. So let's speak about the work, because how did the whole food blogging thing start for you? I mean, when did you start and what were you, what were you doing before that? Yeah, so um, about 16 years ago, I quit my job at um, Nando's. I was working in the marketing department um, at Nando's. Um, yeah, so I've been, I'd been working in food marketing in Joburg for seven years. That was my, my corporate career. Yeah. And so I was always passionate about food and I always worked with food brands. And I decided that I just wanted to move back to Cape Town. I love living here and I wanted to get closer to food creativity in some way. At that time, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But I was able to, after my resignation, do a food styling course in Johannesburg with Vanessa Hickey, who at the time was one of the top uh, food stylists. And she put on a course, which had never been done before. And I did that course. So I came to Cape Town, armed with my knowledge of being a food stylist and also having had worked for seven years with many food stylists on various shoots. So I felt in a way that it wasn't my first exposure. I could sort of become a stylist because I'd seen so many of them in action. So I moved back to Cape Town and I became a food stylist. I just told everyone I'm a food stylist. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any kind of a portfolio under your arm? or? Did I you got just... two images during the course and that was pretty much it. And then I very fortuitously landed up shooting a Woolies TV commercial right at the very beginning. I think the production company didn't know um, necessarily know exactly what was going on at that time so they hired me and that was a great break because as a result of that I then landed up working with Checkers and they did a lot of TV work so I kind of was flying from zero into you know big big TV productions and then I pretty much stayed in TV I didn't do any magazine stuff back in the day it was quite difficult to be to break into food styling it was a little bit of a dark art and a little bit of a mysterious thing I remember coming to you asking you um for leads etc because you were a photographer that I admired at the time. Um, That's you, very nice of you. Yeah. So then I did that, and then so that that kind of just took off. So that was that was basically how it started. But in terms of the blog, what happened there was I was a food stylist for a few years. I also started a little cupcake company. 
I remember you. I, I, I don't remember the company, but I remember at some stage when we were talking about photography, you said that that's what you did. Yes, because I was sort of on a sabbatical, yeah. but I battle to not do things. I'm could that the grass doesn't grow green under my feet easily. Well, if I can stop you there, I mean, I, I was going to say that it's not surprising knowing how you just set your shoulders and get on with it, no matter what. And no, no wonder with two portfolio images you started a career as a freestylist because yeah. that's completely typical of you so so then in between styling work you started making cupcakes what was yeah, that so we're sort of waiting for work i decided to cupcakes were very big in 2008 internationally and they just started becoming big here there were one or two dedicated cup, cupcake shops and i didn't want to open a cupcake bakery because of the overheads and all the risk associated with that so i decided to just make the cupcakes out of my home then i just baked and baked and baked and then overnight, once I launched, and it was an online digital bespoke cupcake company, I was in business immediately. So I went from zero into making a lot of cupcakes. I even shipped my cupcakes to Joburg people. I did weddings, I did events and things like that. And then I, I sort of interspersed that with my food styling jobs and then cupcakes until it became too much to do the cupcake. Because 2008, no one really knew that you can do food online and that you can sell food online. I mean, here we sit in the post-COVID world and everyone in COVID learned how to bake cakes, put them online, start a Shopify, whatever the case be. You were pioneering there. Well, if I thought about that, that? yeah, well, that would have been my first sort of digital foray. Um, And I think, I don't think there were many food businesses at that time doing food. So I had a Facebook page and it was just word of mouth. So the good old fashioned word of mouth, but I didn't have a big social media presence at that stage. How did you see that digital and online back then could work for you in terms of the food business? Well, I wanted something that worked within my lifestyle that could fit in that I didn't have to go in and work in an actual physical bakery and have staff and overhead. So this this made sense to me that to do it online. Um, blogging had started in the, um, in the world and there was, there was an earlier wave of food bloggers there was. just ahead of me. It's grown to be, actually, but the UK is quite a big um, audience for me, Australia and Canada. And I suspect it's mainly due to the expat South Africans that are looking for my content. That's a possibility. But also the thing is that your your content is not just South African food. Yeah. You do food. You, you, I mean, you're right on trend. You're right on the edge of what's going on in people's kitchens, you, you know, and, 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 and doing the chicken and that sort of thing. And I mean, I, 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 in fact, I follow you um, and particularly on your Instagram feed, because of you, I bought an instant pot, an yeah. instant vortex. The air fry. Air fry. Yeah, yeah. the best air fry. Because yeah. I've kind of toyed back and forth with the idea yeah. of an air fryer, but when I saw what you were doing, and then I saw the things you were doing yeah, in the air fryer. I love it. It's used every single Yeah, it's just so handy and it's so user-friendly and so quick and just amazing to cook vegetables in it. it, And also so um, such a low drag on power. Absolutely. So you can use it if you've got an inverter and just the the ease of it because I often forget to make food. I also want to cook a lot of vegetables, so I find that the best thing. I almost want two. How do you forget to make food? You make food all day. What, I know, but I don't cook every day. But And also when I'm cooking in the day, I don't always necessarily feel like cooking again at night. Because I think I'm just a normal person in that way. That cooking for myself for dinner can be a bit of a drag. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's not like I'm making something super creative every single day. I mean, if I'm cooking especially for my website or for a client, then I am putting a lot of that energy in. And to go and repeat it again... 
it's just mm. a lot of yeah. also I'm trying to be eat healthily so the food that I eat in the evening is actually quite simple and basic okay so um it's really just a case of eating a protein and some salad and some veggies and just trying to make that fairly exciting but um that's how it is I suppose that has to become a priority for someone who's constantly working with food is to make sure that you discipline yourself to eat healthily yeah and and I see that I followed your journey with the the big green egg yeah <laughs> Those recipes, yeah. I love the big green egg, the whole yes. environment. But I mean, you can't just you can't cook a chop or a whatever. You can't make a meal on the big green egg every day. Yeah, the thing with the egg is that obviously you you need a specific type of charcoal. You've got to light the fire, get the coals to the right thing. So it's definitely something to to do for a bigger thing that you're going to cook or a braai or whatever, a bigger braai. But it is an amazing piece of equipment. But for me on my own, I need to get supper done in 20, 40 minutes. Because then you need to see the computer yeah. be a digital human. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like I live in the real world and I live in sort of a digital matrix, but I'm very, very comfortable in my digital space. In a sense, you've found a way to work creatively with food where you don't have to actually work in a commercial kitchen and do split shifts and mm. stir big stock pots and that. Is that what you set out to do? You always wanted to work with food? and yeah. I think I had a passion for food right from the beginning as a kid. I loved cooking. Um, I was always baking with my mom. Or there was always a food was like a big part of. If I think of my life, it's always I, all my memories are involved something to do with something that I ate, an ice cream or a cake or something. So it's just always been something like a huge passion for me. You know, it's self-taught in a way. But I went to hotel school, so I had a, my, did my formal culinary training in the the hotel management course. You do a year of professional chefing. And I worked in a professional kitchen. But back in the day, it's not the same as the uh, the, the kitchens or restaurant kitchens of today. It was so, literally like a military brigade. And I think I had PTSD for a couple of years <laughs> after that. I wonder now if I had gone in at this stage into the system, if I would have come out of chef, I think it would have been a strong chance of that. Everything in that regard is changed. People are going to cooking schools and, and their parents are sending them off to these things that cost a couple of hundred grand. And they come out and they don't want to stand carrying stockpots anymore. Mm. They want to do something more glamorous with food. Yes. Have you found that those people coming out of those institutions have started to to occupy the blogging space more? Is there still space for bloggers for in the digital world working mm. with food? Yeah, the way I see it is I don't think the internet will ever be full <laughs> as such. Yeah, okay. uh, but I do think it is very competitive and it's incredibly different to what it was when I started. When I started... The algorithms were, you put your content up, people would find it easily, um, you know, and you know, a lot of people would read my website. I think I went from zero to 40,000 readers per month almost within like a couple of months. And then it's grown since then. And now I have a big website. So now, unfortunately, if you need to have, it's quite hard to start a website from scratch and build it to a point where you're getting significant traffic. But I mean, you can, anyone can start a website as a hobby and as a passion and it, but they were not going to monetize that until at a certain point that it gets to a certain state, Babe. which I personally, it's a lot of work to get there. You need It's a complicated thing, and I won't bore you with all the details, but things like you need backlinks, you need a lot of content, you need SEO-optimized content, you, you keywords, you've got to, you know, to create content that's going to be found by Google in search. You have to sort of alert Google to the fact that you are there and you've got to do that through various means, if you know what I mean. So, um, and that sounds to me like almost if, if someone wants to work in the digital space with food, they go, 
maybe qualify as a chef or be a stylist or whatever the case may be, then they actually need a parallel c- career at like go to yeah. red and yellow school and learn exactly. about so, digital I mean, or marketing. Yeah, because I came from a marketing background and because I'd been entrepreneurial and starting my own food styling and all that, that I kind of, it, it was something that I was able to do. And I was part of the pioneering stage where you could grow a following. I've been on Instagram. I was a bit late to Instagram, but I was there before the big algorithm change. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I've been able to grow on Instagram and I'm still, I'm actually going through quite a big growth patch now. So you asked the question of, is there space for people that are coming out and want to explore digital world? There definitely is, but it's not necessary having a website. You can look at YouTube, you can look at TikTok, those kind of things, and even Instagram, and you can grow your following through those ways. And there's newsletter um, publishing platforms like Substack. So I would suggest anyone who wants to start would look, go straight into YouTube, TikTok, and Substack. That's what I would do. So I'm sitting here quite amazed Mm. talking to you because I remember when you were getting going and we were talking and, yeah. and, and you were starting to learn photography and, and the, 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 the massive leap in your knowledge, it, yes. it, it just, it, it stuns me. And are you, do you ever sleep? I mean, are you constantly sitting up and learning new things? Yeah. How- in the beginning, I realized that in order to have a successful food blog, you had to be a successful, we had to take a good picture. You had to become a photographer and of a professional level, otherwise we weren't going to make it. So I spent many years like developing those skills I was already a food stylist, but I still had to hone my skills on that front. And now I've taught myself to become a videographer and having to work out how to make videos on the respective platforms and still maintain and grow um, an SE-optimized high domain authority website. I remember a conversation and we we did a food photography course and you did the styling and I did the photography at the table at Demay, like yeah, in 2012 and at Overhaul, exactly. Yeah. So we did those courses. But I remember you was coming to me saying, um, what lens should I get? Or, and, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, you do this and do this. Should, yes, but can I get this one? And what, what does this do? And what's depth of field? Yeah. And then three months later, I looked at your your site and I couldn't believe the photography. And now, I, I don't know if you've seen that every now and again, I, re- I comment and say, this is stunning. Because I'm blown away so often by the images, like the way you use reflection, the way you shoot glass is Thank astonishing. You. The, 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 the life that yeah. you put into some of the stuff that you it, it's incredible. And you taught yourself. Yeah, I mean, I did. I Because I, I started out, I didn't have any skills in post-production or how to use any software. So I had to get, get the photo right-ish. I'm not there to create, like, jaw-droppingly beautiful images on every single shoot. But you do. Well, I just keep it, I simplify things because at the end of the day, the food content and the recipes are the primary focus for me. Yes. And then to present those in a very appealing way. But I will often shoot on the same marble background. Things are a bit lighter and brighter for me now. It's like your brand because it's it, your the photographic style is very drizzle and dip. Yeah. So you, you've gone that and created that look yes. and feel. Let's shift on from the photography a little bit and talk about the food. How many recipes a week are you creating and how do you stay inspired and find new inspirations to do new things? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question because um, in the beginning, it's it's, a, it's an endless amount. I'll never be uninspired. But because I've created so many recipes, I'm well over 1,300 odd recipes on my website and I've written two books and an ebook. There's a lot of, I, I've developed a lot, so I don't want, I would, 
I'm always trying to do things a little bit strategically that will work for me, as well as things that are inspiring, as well as things that could be good for SEO. But so it's trying to balance that. So if a client comes to me and they want a recipe featuring something and they want it to be a South African focus, so then I'm limited to to what I do around that. But um, generally for my own stuff that I do, I like to cook very seasonally. I like to use ingredients that inspire me. Um, so I'll make something that I just feel like making. You know, if tomatoes are in season, then I, the, the actual ingredient will inspire me to do so, perhaps that I haven't done before. Yeah. So I'm constantly wanting to create new things. Um, but at the same time, also think about the business aspect of the type of content that I create. There was a distinct period in the development of Drizzle and Dip where you were sort of traveling and it was Italy and you, you were talking yeah. about Spain, you yeah. went to Vietnam, if yeah, I remember. I did. Yeah. So, are, are you traveling as part of Drizzle and Dip's development in order to broaden the the kind of reach and also to get inspiration for the recipes or does, does that was, oh, I'm going on holiday? Yeah, I mean, I love traveling. It's a huge passion of mine. I've traveled extensively in my youth and I have traveled my whole life really and I love to travel. So, And now the food and travel is definitely connected because I, I, I like to go and I travel for food. I mean, I, don't know, I travel to eat. I cook because I like to eat. Well, that's the main reason. And I, I travel because I also like, I'm interested in the food of a particular country. There's only one, I probably, I think Iceland's the only country I'd be inspired to go to, not for the food, because of, of the natural beauty. But for the rest, I I will travel mainly because I'm going to center my trip around what I eat. Are you kidding though? I mean, Iceland, you could go and eat that rotten shark. Wow, yeah, wouldn't whale you go meat, eat? like fermented uh, whale blubber. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, drizzle and dip special yeah. feature. No, well, so I mean, um, yeah, so for me, Vietnam was an amazing trip. I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, quite eye-opening. And I'd love to go to Japan. So that's in the future, I think. And Mexico. Those are the two sort of far-flung places that I'd, and exotic places that I still would love to go. And specifically around the incredible food. But I don't, it's not my focus, but at the same time, I just do create the odd bit of content around my travel and also local restaurants in South Africa, which I do visit. And I'm very lucky I get the privilege of going to so many amazing restaurants, openings, etc. So I've got a list of a guide to the, my favorite restaurants in Cape Town, which I keep going. I enjoy enjoy going to restaurants. I love meeting the chefs and knowing the chefs and over the years getting to really know them. Yeah. You know, you get to know their style after going again and again. And it's, it's a lovely connection and it's a wonderful, enriching part of my life. So um, that I'd like to keep up. I do that as much as, much as I can. But if it gets very intense, I have to sort of cut it down to a certain number of times per week mm. because of being healthy and also capacity because creating content around every visit as well. You know, it's not just like you go for a meal and you walk away. You do you need to share your experience with, with the people with online, people. which means taking photos and editing them and putting them up, et cetera. What restaurants are you loving at the moment? Well, it depends if you're looking at fine dining, some, something sort of everyday. Yeah. In terms of the everyday restaurant, and I know you featured it and speak about it a lot, is Olympia Cafe. But that really is my absolute favorite restaurant. But um, it's, it's been my favorite restaurant for decades decade. now, and I've been going there for, since it opened. So, you, Well, you and me yeah. both, because it opened in 97, and I think yeah. I had my first meal there in 98. So yeah, Something like that. I was living in Joburg, but I think I, yeah, so, but I... I would come down every t- all the time. So beyond that, closer to home? In- yeah, so fine, da- yeah, fine dining, I absolutely love Broken Sanchon, yeah. uh, Chef's Warehouse. And tonight I'm actually going to Potluck Club for my birthday, which is lovely. 
And um, I really love what Jason's doing with fish. Um, very exciting, very inspiring. Everything's spot on there. Yeah. I love the variety. I love the location. Um, I think what Ryan's doing with at Salisbury is also at exceptional. And I think he yep. was well-deserved to be have one restaurant of the year. Because I shocked some of his food about a year ago for um, for a client, a wine client. And I got to taste quite a few of his dishes. And just absolutely... Perfection, really. Yeah. Um, he knows how to cook a piece of meat. Often meat's the least exciting part of a tasty menu for me. Yeah. It's just a bit, oh, no, I prefer everything else, the risotto, all the vegetarian things. Um, and the meat, um, he just, meat is just something that he does exceptionally oh, well. Wow. But obviously his flavors are spot on too. Um, there's ju- there are just so many. Um, I tend to like simplicity a lot. So I love oozery. I like the way that they're focused on really the heritage. Oozery. And the, the the food is just, I tasted the whole summer menu at the beginning of summer. <laughs> so I was able to really get, you know, understand every dish and all the flavors that's going on um, and just love, love, love what he's doing. I, I was a bit of a fan when he had his pop-up. I would go to that. Yeah. And then since he's opened his so I've tasted, the, I've been eating there since he's opened, and it does evolve. The menu evolves each season. I miss Le Tech, actually. That's the one restaurant that I really severely miss since you closed on. I was very big fan. Too. And also, mm. I mentioned um, my friend Daryl Berger, yeah. the, the Cajun guy from Field Kitchen, and he was. He was like a card-carrying wild fan. He was there as often. Yeah, as it just be. was so great. Yeah, it's missed. Yeah, that's like a hole in the scene for me. That's something I always mourn. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. some way, maybe Jasper. Oh, yes, yeah, Elga has really, really stepped done. in there. Yeah, Elga is slightly more on the Scandinavian front, Absolutely. and but I just love what's what's happening at Elga. You seem to prefer simple eating, simple restaurants. Yeah, who's who's doing that well at the moment? Yeah, I think what's happening now you're getting focuses. People are focusing on specific things, which is great. I think I think if you look at the timeout market, the way all the different vendors are focusing on a specific area and delivering something focused around that. For example, the melting pot, they're they're an amazing Elgin restaurant and they've opened they do the seafood menu um offering at the timeout market. They do sustainable fish there and they they've got a mussel dish, a Soldana mussel dish on sourdough that is just absolutely delicious. I love what Baccarat's doing, they're producing Malay um, inspired flavors. And that's a fantastic place for people to go to if they want to taste a little bit of Cape Town traditional food. There's also obviously Ramen Head, which is a Japanese ramen concept. And you've got pizza and burgers. And then you've got Boozies, fire concept cooking, which I think brings the Africa and the soul of the timeout market to to the timeout market. Because it would be sad if there wasn't sort of more African. African. Yeah. yeah. And he's got Bourbon Brie as well, which is an extended menu. And I think that's also a lovely spot for people to go if they're wanting to experience South African cuisine. Um, just just a lovely heart and soul, beautiful concept. Because there's also from um, the Maker's Landing incubator, there was Kapuchka that does mm. that, that Indian street food thing. Yeah. So that was great to see there. Yeah, that's very nice to have them there. And you've got Unframed Ice Cream, which is a local gourmet ice cream producer. Yes. And he does amazing things. So I think I like that, that people are focused around specific, specific ingredients thing. and food. I tend to go, so I love pizza. I love um, Pizza Connection. He's um, Enrico's making incredible pizza there. So if I want really good pizza, I go to Pizza Connection. If I feel like my seafood pasta, then I go to Olympic Cafe. If I want a burger, I'll have, I'd love to go to Defray Burger. I also like Ager and Nordhook. 
you know, the, I go to specific restaurants around what they're doing and, and they do something so well. Right. So I think we do, we're very lucky here that we have so many restaurants that are producing such incredible things. So I will often make my decision based on what I feel like eating and then go and choose the best of, in my opinion, of that thing. Sam Linsel, I have taken a lot of your time on your birthday um, and you've been very kind with your time. Thank you. Where to from here for Drizzlinda? What are you what are you working on? What are you focusing on? Are you doing much of the same? Are you happy with the space you're in? Where do we go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been for me about the food. I started this website wanting to share recipes with a, a bigger audience. And it's it's such a joy for me. Even though I'm cooking for the internet and it's a virtual thing. And it brings me a great deal of satisfaction to be able to produce something that people then make and then they tell me about it, that they love it. And it's kind of this, uh, it is like in a way, it's a huge sharing and a privilege for me to be able to do that. I find it deeply rewarding. So I'm going to carry on doing that. I mean, I will evolve if necessary as the social media platforms evolve and whatever is required. But I've settled into video, which is what is is. Very your, video, your video has come out like it's unbelievable. You used to do such an amazing stop animation yeah. stuff, but now it's like evolved to a whole new. Yeah, I mean, I stuff. love expressing myself through video. Initially, yeah. I was a bit resistant because I, I, I am a photographer and I love shooting stills as well. But when you get into shooting video and you break it down, um, it can be a very creative way. And then in the edit, when you're editing it together and putting the scenes together and just working out the timing, it's also it's a whole different scope of creativity. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that quite a lot, and I think carrying on with that, it's quite time-consuming, but I do enjoy it a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me this time. Yeah. Um, it's, I was so glad that you joined me for a chat on a table in the corner. Yes, I absolutely love your podcast, Russell, and I listen to it while I'm washing the dishes because <laughs> I wash a lot of dishes. And it's so wonderful to get to know people in our South African food scene and the Cape Town restaurant scene a little bit more intimately and understand what – fires them up and makes their businesses tick. And I think you're doing a great job of this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you to my guest today and to all the creators, innovators and sloggers who take the time to chat to me at a table in the corner. Thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a comment. Until we meet again, please consider what you eat and where it comes from. Most of all, support small business, consume sustainably and wherever possible, buy local. <laughs>